and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the show where we talk an audio snippet, an audio burst on the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. When we started this show, I tried to do it 30 minutes and then we cut it down to 15. Now we're cutting it down to around 5 to 10 minutes to try to give a little snippet, try to give a little burst on the Parsha of the week. This way we keep it more concise, we keep it more succinct, and we keep it more to the point. And we keep it a little easier for myself, to be honest, as well. So we're looking at Korach. Korach was actually my brother's Bar Mitzvah Parsha. It should be an Aliyah Neshama. His Nesham Shalem Aliyah Menachem Tzvi Ben Chaim Yitzchak. And this Parsha is interesting because, what? first of all, why is there a Parsha named after Korach? Well, not such a good person, not such a good example of someone that we would ever learn from. But you know, Pirkei Avos teaches us, Ezehu Chacham Halomed Mikol Adam. Maybe Hashem is teaching us by having a Parsha with this name, we have to learn from everyone around us. Even those that were not such good examples, even those that are not really role models, those people that are trying to usurp power, people that are trying to grab power for themselves. If you're not familiar with the story, Korach was basically a cousin of Moshe, I believe. Moshe and Aaron came from Levi, obviously, Shevet Levi. Korach also came from Shevet Levi, which means that on some level he did have a job. He did have a position. He did have a, some aspect of authority, obviously not nowhere near the level of Moshe and Aaron. He basically wanted the power for himself. He wanted to be a leader. He asks different questions. The commentators, I think Rashi points out, if you have a whole garment of techelis, do you need the string of techelis? Not questions that were like... He was looking to dig, looking to, to try to show that Moshe's reasonings from Hashem didn't make sense. If you, need, if you have a whole garment of techelis, you still need another techelis? This is ludicrous. Obviously, Moshe shouldn't be leader. I should be leader. In general, though, he... Had a gathering of maybe 200, 250 people or so from the tribe of Le- uh, tribe of Ruvain, actually. They were neighbors. That's why Rashi and the commentators explain. You want to be a good neighbor. You want to have a good influence. Make sure you surround yourselves with good people, tzaddikim. That will have a good mashpia on you. will have a good influence, a good effect on you. Pergeos even explains... Rabbi Yochanan, I believe, asks his five students. One says you should be a good friend. One says you should have a good eye. One of the answers is actually to be a good neighbor. And the bad path to to go down is actually being a bad neighbor. Because you can have a mashpia on someone. You can have an effect on someone. You can have an influence on someone around you. Make sure it's a good influence. So Korach was not a good influence. So his neighbors were influenced the tribe of Reuben. They had no... Dealings with this quarrel, it had nothing to do with them, but they just joined in because they saw an instigation. Unfortunately, in the world, nowadays we see that sometimes you have nothing to do with this situation. You have nothing to do with this thing, but you majorly get involved. People gang up on Israel. It has nothing to do with you. They just like a fight. They like to start up with the Jews. They like to be anti-Semitic. They like to be anti-Zionistic, which is basically nowadays terms for anti-Semitic. Because if you're anti-Zionist, you're anti-Israel, you're anti-Jewish by definition, by very, very definition. So it's about understanding that it doesn't concern you. And people who went along with Korach should have realized it doesn't concern them. Korach has beef, which really wasn't beef to begin with. It makes no sense. In, in our minds, we can't really understand what he was thinking. But, you know, Reuven had no beef. Why did he go around? You know, he must have went around slandering and saying, you know, Moshe and Aaron did this. I'm going to do better for you. And he, gave, he got a following. He must have been a charismatic person. He must have gathered a following. 
with the support of his 200 or so people from Ruven and Dustin Aviram, who we know, of course, were already instigators, rabble-rousers. They're already against Moshe from the beginning. They might have been the people that uh, saw Moshe when he struck, struck the Egyptian or used Hashem's name. Not such good people to begin with. So you see the kind of crowd that was coming against Moshe. The question is, though, one an, a, a few people are singled out in the Pasuk. When it says that Korach took his followers, you know, it says he took Dustin Aviram again, who were, who are not wonderful characters. But then it talks about On Ben Pelis. Why was this person mentioned in the Pasuk? It says On Ben Pelis, On the son of Pelis. Who is he and what is he doing in this Pasuk? And why is he specifically mentioned? So that is the question to focus on. Why was he singled out here in the verse? So the Chabad.org points out from the Talmud in Sanhedrin, 109b, something very fascinating. Rav said, On, the son of Pelas, was saved by his wife. What? How is that possible? First of all, we know happy wife, happy life, which is very true phrase that comes from secular culture in general, Lahabdil. But in general, we know Isha Beta, the the, the wife is the home. That's why we say that the Ish and the Isham, if you don't have Hashem, the Ka of the Yud and the He of Hashem, there is only Ish, there is fire. When you bring Hashem in and it's the relationship of the Ish and the Isham, and you have the Bayit or the Beta, she is the Beta, she is your influence. The Yud and the He is also in Beta, the house is hers, and Isha also has, if you include a Yud in Isha and to spell it, there's also the Yud and the He. The wife is the home. The wife is the mainstay. So the wife here saved own Ben Pelas. And wives throughout history for sure saved people. And even my own wife all the time is taking care to make sure to be my extra moral compass and my extra moral conscious in life and, and is always extra sensitive and always pointing me in the right way. So for own Ben Pelas, listen to what she said to him. She said to him, What matters it to you? Whether the one remains leader, Moshe Aaron, or the other becomes leader, Korach, you will be but a follower. He said back to her, but what can I do? I have taken part in their council, and they have sworn me to be with them. So she responded right back to him. She said, sit here, and I will save you. What did she do? She gave him wine to drink, intoxicated him, and put him to bed within the tent. Obviously, I've talked about before how I'm not an advocate of alcohol in general, but this was actually a brilliant move to get him to be out of the situation. Maybe if she would have fed him this or that, maybe he would have got groggy, but still fought her to, to go out and be involved here. She knocked him out, basically, and she let him go take a nap. So then she sat down at the entrance and she loosened her hair. This is uh, obviously a source. Also, the, the Isha Sota is a source in the Gemara. Commentators point out about hair covering goes all the way back to those times. If she's loosening her hair, she's letting out her hair, then by definition, the hair was already covered. So, whoever came to summon own saw her and retreated. Oh my gosh, she's uncovered hair. We can't go in here. It's immodest. She's not covering her hair. We can't look at her. We can't see her. Go, 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 get out. So basically, she saved him by putting him to bed, taking off the shaitel or taking off the tichel or whatever, whatever, loosening the hair. Because you have to cover it, everyone covered their hair, so they all retreated. Meanwhile, Korach's wife joined in and said to him, See what Moshe had done, has done. He himself has become king. His brother, he appointed high priest. They're, they're, they're accusing, falsely accusing Moshe of nepotism, gross nepotism, which of course was not true, it was all from Hashem. 
So he said that he brought, he appointed his brother high priest Kohen Gadol, his brother's sons he has made the vice high priests. If Truma is brought, he decrees, let it be for the priest. If the tithe is brought, which belongs to you, to the Levite, he orders, give a tenth part thereof to the priest. Moreover, he has had your hair cut off and makes sport of you as though you were dirt, for he was jealous of your hair. These are all lies, obviously, that Korah's wife is saying. Said he to her, but he has done likewise. She replied, since all the greatness with was his, he also said, let me die with the Philistines. Thus it is written, a wise woman builds her house. Isha chacham bone bias. Isha chachma, whatever the phraseology, bone bias. The wise woman is the home, the mainstream of the home. The wise woman builds the house. From it, from Mishlei, this refers to the wife of On ben Pella. She literally saved her husband's life, but the foolish woman destroys it with her hands. This refers to Korach's wife. On ben Pellas was saved by his wife. She said, this doesn't concern you. Either way, there's going to be a leader. Obviously, she wasn't the most supportive in, in that really motion. Aaron were right. But she was at least supportive to say, don't get involved in machlokas. Don't get involved in strife. Either way, there's going to be a leader over you. What's the difference? Don't get involved in this. Let me save you. And she literally saves his life. The main point being that I want to take away this week is don't get involved. If people would stay out of other people's business, people would stay out of other people's arguments and machlokas. If even secular culture could pick up on this and stop starting so many rumors and so much buzz and so much gossip, the whole word of gossip is just being involved in people's business that doesn't concern you. It's none of your business is the phraseology. It's really none of your business. Why do you have to follow every single person where they go for vacation, where they send their kids? Why do you have to take pictures of them when they drop off their kids at school? And I'm not advocating, I'm not huge fans of these stars and these people. I'm just saying that they are human. They do deserve privacy, right? We all deserve privacy. Don't get involved. It's none of your business. If you see a coworker and another coworker trying to work out an argument, trying to work out a difficulty, and if you come in, it's going to inflame them. Why are you getting involved? Why is it just because it's dramatic? It's drama. You want to be involved. Everybody loves watching drama all over the place on TV and movies and in life. If it's going to not cause good things, do not get involved. It's really none of your business. If you see a husband and wife working things out or in the middle of talking about something or arguing, a lot of times it's really none of your business. Shalom bias is not between, you know, Charlie and Sarah and Michael and, and everyone else. No, it's between Charlie and Sarah. They need to work it out. They need to figure it out. If they go together to a counselor, okay, that's one thing. But if you see them talking and discussing something, it looks a little heated, let them figure it out themselves. The Shalom Bais is between the husband and the wife and Hashem, unless they go for an external person, unless they call in someone external. You see two friends trying to work out a deal or tr- or getting involved. Obviously, if things are escalating and they're going to punch each other, that's one thing. But if they're just having a discussion, they're having a disagreement, let them try to peacefully work it through. By you coming in and sticking your nose in your business where it doesn't belong, you're not doing the best thing. Do not get involved. Om Ben Palace's wife figured this out. She said to him, don't get involved. Don't be in this situation. Stay out of it. Realize what you should or should not be involved in, especially related to quarreling. Interestingly, Perkeavos points out about Korach in Perak Heyab. 
Mishnah Yud Zayin. Again, the show we're trying to keep between 10 to 15 minutes, so some weeks will be less, some weeks more, but thank you for sticking with us. So we're looking at 517 in Perke Avos. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the PAL. In Hey Yud Zayin, look at what they talk about. They talk about the Machlokas of Korach, but look at the phraseology they use, the sages. Kol Machlokas Shehila Shem Shemayim Sofa Lehiskayim. Every dispute that is for the sake of heaven will in the end endure. V'she'ein l'shem shemayim ein sofa l'hiskayim. But if it is not for the sake of heaven, it will not endure. Eze machlokas, eze hi machlokas, hi l'shem shemayim. Which machlokas, which argument is for the sake of heaven? Zu machlokas hil v'shamay. This is the controversy, quote-unquote controversy, of hil and shamay. Hil and shamay have a lot of quote-unquote arguments in the Gemara. But you never... I mean, not that I recall offhand. I don't see them getting into such heated arguments that they're they're mad at each other, throwing things at each other, and vehemently throwing them out of the yeshiva. No, they had disagreements. You know, they still respected one another. You know, the families and the houses still intermarried into one another, using the word intermarry, not in common nowadays phraseology, but intermarrying between the houses of Hillel and Shammai. And they respect each other's opinions. And why was Hillel chosen? The Gemara talks about that we follow Hillel most of the time, except for like six cases of Ya'al Kagam, whatever the acronym stands for, but for Beishamai, because Hillel cited Beishamai's opinion first. They respected Beishamai. They still married into each other's families, and they still talked about each other's opinions. That's the real type of machlokas. And that's not even machlokas. That's just dis- discussion, really. Not even disagreement or argument. That's a real Hashem Shemaim argument. If you see a chavrusa working something out and they look like they're really hated, they look like they're going to rip each other's heads off, really, they're just delving into the Gemara. They're delving into the, the discussion of the of the Talmud, discussion of the Torah. That's a real controversy. What's a not... What's not a real good argument? What's really bad? I love the phraseology here. It was pointed out to me. I don't remember which commentator or which rabbi. Someone pointed out, when you look at the word, it says, It doesn't even say, Zumachokas Korach Vimoshevi Aaron. Isn't that fascinating? Why does it say, Machokas Korach Vichol Adaso? So you would think that the basic translation is that Korach and his congregation against Moshe, but that's not how we could translate it. You could actually translate Zumachlokas Korach Vichol Adaso, Korach and his Adis, Korach and his people, meaning Korach and his own people were arguing. Korach and his own people couldn't even agree. They couldn't even come to a conclusion of what to do. He couldn't even keep the peace within his own people because when you have a machlokas that's not L'Shem Shemaim, you can't even keep peace amongst yourselves. You can't even keep peace amongst your own party. You know, I don't want to talk about politics, but... In, in Israel, it was very, very difficult to find a coalition, to put a coalition together, and and this person who's a right-wing person has to take in a, all these left-wing parties because he couldn't even get the coalition. Because when you can't get the firm basis on a, on its own, you can't figure out how to do everything L'shem Shemaim, it's not going to go together. Hopefully, it's a wonderful party that gets together. Hopefully, it's a wonderful seat of everyone over there in the government that comes together and that they do wonderful things for Torah and for Shemaim and for Israel and for the Jewish people. But in general, think about how when, when there's an argument, if it's not for the sake of heaven, it's not even going to withstand. So if there's a whole gathering and everyone's arguing and it's all lush and hard, it's, never, it's not even going to stay. It's not even going to stick. But if it's a Torah gathering and you're trying to find the truth of the matter, that will definitely stick like Hillel and Shammai. The main point being, don't get involved stay out of it 
don't be involved and don't be pulled in if you're if your mom or your dad tries to pull you in and say you know what daddy told me you know what your dad did you know what your father did you know what your mother did that's not good don't get pulled in stay out of it i don't want to be in between you and mommy i don't want to be between you and daddy i don't want to be between be between abba and, and mommy you guys have to work it out yourselves that is a good response if dan and charlie are arguing and they say Moshe, come over here. You know what Dan did to me? You know what you know what you know what Charlie did to me? I keep using the name Charlie. Sorry if your name is Charlie. But um it's just a name like Ruven and Shimon. Try to stay out of it. See if they can amicably talk it out and, and work it out. I know I said before that if you're asked to be involved, then join. But really, shalom bias is not just between husband and wife. It's between friends and between people. See if there's a way that they can work it out together with you being really delegated to the background. You know, you shouldn't really be involved in other people's business. Don't get between a husband and his wife. Don't get between a parent and another parent. Don't get involved between a friend and a friend. You know, you don't want to be stuck in the crosshairs in general. That's a rule for life. But in general, we see from Own Ben Palace, we got to stay out of things. We got to be away from things. Don't get involved. Stay out of my business. Stay out of his business. Stay out of their business. Let them work it out. Learn from Own Ben Palace. His wife saved his life, mamash. By getting him to be out of the business. Don't get involved. Maybe if the society could learn this. Maybe if the world could learn this. There could be more peace in the world. No more gossip. No more garbage. No more wasteful time and wasteful quote-unquote news. When it's just really sticking your nose into other people's business. Leave families to their own behind their closed doors. Let them deal with it. Don't get involved. Don't stick your nose in other people's business. Join us next time as we talk on the Audio DT with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.